night, baby, it get dark out the Hennessy. I can feel the tension in your energy. Even if we black out, I'ma make sure you remember me. I was tryna stay at night. You want me to spend a week? Yeah, we went in my yeah in the 305. Pour me up some more so I could feel alive. She tell me I'm the only one. She telling lies, and she telling lies. It was never mine. I'm so hot in the Bottega. This tequila got me wavy. I can't even keep my head up. I don't need no with me. Who for real? Who for show? I don't know. Welcome everyone to another episode of The Halts with me, Thick Teddy, and your boy Ant. How you doing? What's up, Teddy? How are you doing? Dude, I'm doing well. I'm moving right now. I got uh, boxes all in my apartment. It's just my, my desk, my computer, this light, and my couch, and that's all that's left. So, And it's 95 degrees. How far away is the new place from where you are? Um, about two miles, so it's not too far, but just enough to where I gotta move out like three days before and then move back in three days later, so we gotta go take our stuff everywhere. Are you like, you're not by a city or anything, right? You're like suburbs or... Yeah, I'm in a suburb of Des Moines, so it's like, kinda, there's a big city near, but it's not big. Mm -hmm. So what are you drinking today, man? Well, I'm double fisting today, I got, which you're gonna be pissed about dude how are they dude so the flavors are all weird like this one's kiwi lime mint pineapple um it actually like the mint is really good there's one that's vanilla and graham cracker and dude it sounds weird but it's so good um they like each one of them has like four different flavors in them they're really really good i knew gordon my man gordon would come with some fire i knew dude i've been looking for those but i hear in Iowa, like I said, I always shit on Iowa, but Iowa doesn't have them. They don't. They're not gonna be. I tried to get them from you too. Like I tried. It's all right, bro. We'll get I them. Tried. We'll get them. And then I have this Some Ben and Jerry's IPA. Type thing. Yeah, dude, these are so good. I don't really like IPAs that like. Some IPAs have horrible aftertastes, but the fruity ones yeah, are real good. hoppy. Yeah, I like this one a lot though. It's it's good, but I wouldn't recommend getting a six pack. If you can find like one at a. Like a brewery, I would get that. But um, this bad boy, I'm a big fan. The Summer Jam Sour Ale. It's from uh, Big Grove Brewery. And it's supposed to, on the side, it says a refreshing tart that is jam-packed with raspberries and blackberries. Um, Very refreshing. It is really refreshing. It tastes more like cherry to me, though, than raspberries and stuff. Is that Um, a local thing, that one? I think so, yeah. I think Big Grove is somewhere near me. but I know back pocket. This one mm-hmm. is at the other university in Iowa. Um, it's like right near it. But yeah, both pretty good. Yeah, those I like. I don't. I might get shit for it, but I like fruity beers. Like I don't really like regular too, beer. Man. I'm that's not a regular. Drink, beer yeah, man. that's why we drink seltzers and fruity stuff. But call us girly if you want, man. I'm gonna take it. Yeah. So. um... I guess, I guess for me this week, man, the trading has been slow, but there's been enough to kind of keep my head afloat. I was trading um, ALZN, I traded DYNT, I traded BTB, which is just MYT switched over, yeah. um, and then what did I trade yesterday? It was like a Bitcoin NXTD, I think, um, is like a Bitcoin miner. I traded them and they popped off after hours, but... Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was trading trading those, and then I also have some swings in, um, what do I got? I got ACXP, I got Jan, um, 
I got Clove, really heavy. I'm pretty heavy in Clove, I think. Um, Wall Street Best is going to run that baby. But that's kind of what I've been trading this week. How about you, man? Uh, well, I only have one swing at the moment. I have some Clove as well. <clears throat> um, but I've been scalping, like, a shit ton, more than I normally do. Um, it, there's something nice about... Well, like, I scalp in a separate account, so it's nice being all cash at the end of each day. Like, I don't have to worry about everyone. We've been talking about a pullback coming, and we both agree that there's a pretty, not major, but a decent-sized pullback coming. So it's nice. I mean, I'm in and out every day, full cash at the end of each day. Um, but I've been trading. I I posted Neuro for subfund at, like, 4 bucks, and that went to, yeah, like, 40 did. something. That was fucking nuts, dude. Yeah, but... The float is so tiny that that thing moves every day. I, I've been playing that every single day for like the past week and a half, um, ever since it started moving. I I've think I've pl played that a few times too with my, my yeah, too. yeah, like once or twice a day. It'll have a real nice pop. Today I had like a four or five buck pop. Um, been playing. I played like XBIO, Zila, HPI. HPI was a really good one. BTBT was a really good one. Um, yeah, a lot of the the minor plays I've been playing too, like SOS, Any. Uh, I don't know. I've been scalping a lot. Like I've been the one day I scalped like twelve different stocks. I think. Um, yeah. It's hard because like we preach don't over trade, so it's hard. Like for we both use subfund for subfund. I'll like every morning I'll like put out. Oh, these are what I'm watching, and um, I try to limit it to like three or four plays because I don't want to overwhelm people and post like ten different things. But I bet. But I I'll scalp. 12 things a day sometimes 12 stocks yeah. a day um, that's exactly how it is for me man like i um i put out my sub fund stuff but that's like my highest level of certainty so i try to keep yeah. my sub fund above like 75 percent winning rate but mm -hmm. then there's also like probably like five to ten other trades a day that i'm taking myself that i'm not confident enough in to put on sub fund um exactly but i take them and they're like they're a little less than 75 percent win rate but like I do trade quite a bit outside of the sub fund and I, I do post about them sometimes. And then some people are like, Hey man, like why didn't I get that one? If it's a big winner. And I'm like, dude, cause the setup was like 50, 50. Like it was like either going to fucking knife 10% or pop 25%. And I didn't feel comfortable giving that out and pushing that on people. Um, yeah, but yeah, that's me too. I've been, I've been trading a ton around uh, the scalps recently trying to keep as much cash as possible. Yeah. It's hard. I mean, you, you want to be giving people, a plus setups. You don't want to be there. There, like you said, there's things I'll take that are higher risk than I would am comfortable giving out. Um, especially with scalps, it's like I, sometimes I'm in and out of something in a minute. Yeah, like, no, exactly. It's so when swings get hot again, I'm still posting a swing list. I know you're still posting a swing list, but it you you got to like take what the market gives you. Scalps right now are the move 100 percent. Swings are not either one doing anything or two holding any kind of gains, so it's really not worth tying any money up for a swing that's not going to yield anything really. So yeah, and some scalps have been going crazy. I love to scalp, um, so that's what I've been playing the majority of the time the past month. So yeah, we can say it a hundred times, but just play what the market gives you. If it's scalps yeah. right now, because everything else is kind of slow, then uh, play the scalps. Yep. But 
The big kind of stock-related topic that we're going to talk about today is planning a trade. And planning a trade kind of comes down to what you want to do and what you know you're going to do before you get into a stock. So a lot of people will buy a stock with no idea of when they want to sell, no idea of a timeline, and no idea like the indicators for when they need to get out. And so we kind of want to talk you through what we see and what we think is a good plan to kind of just stick to or a good frame um, to kind of put on a stock to determine the plan before you get into it. Yeah. So for me, um, the biggest thing is I trade mostly with a catalyst in mind. So if I'm trading like a bio uh, or even a swing like something like just for example, lots, they had new um, stores opening up in the, the summer and there's a catalyst and I need to determine kind of time frame on that and when I'm gonna wanna get out and when I, when I know um, the catalyst is coming, how I want to plan that. So for me, the best way to do it is just to line the chart up with kind of the time frame. So I, I'm going to look at, okay, so I have about a four-week window to trade something here because that's usually kind of what I put for my bios is I try to get them get in about four weeks before when I think the catalyst might hit or take my starter four weeks before. So then the first thing on that, that plan is the first thing i do is first entry um after i've determined this is all after i've determined this is a good play so determining if it's a good play comes first but after i've determined that it is uh, getting a good entry so for getting a good entry for me the entry all depends on kind of the the range that the stock has been trading within the past week to two weeks and i try to get in the bottom side of that so if the trade the stock has been trading between one dollar and one dollar ten cents i try to get in as close to one dollar as i can if that's a dollar two cents that's what it is if it's a dollar four cents that's as close as i can get that's what it is um and then on top of that i'm probably going to go in in fourth so i'm going to get a fourth starter add a fourth add a fourth add a fourth and so my plan is going to be to ride this run-up wave and then add a fourth um probably a few days in on a dip I'm gonna wait for a red day where it's down a few percent. Even if it's below my average, it's below my average. Um, I'm gonna add for, for a fourth on one of those red days. And then the next red day, I'm gonna add another fourth. And then the last red day, I'm gonna add another fourth. Um, or if it only goes up, if we get lucky and we call an absolute banger and it only goes up, then I'm gonna add after a few days and it's showing strength, I'm gonna add just to uh, make sure that I get my size in because I know the catalyst is still coming and it's probably still gonna keep running. Um, and then once we get the plan, um, within a week, within a week of the, the final catalyst, that's kind of when I determine my selling points and it can go kind of one of two ways. It can go, I'm getting close to the catalyst and it's just time to sell, or I'm getting close to a heavy resistance level and I know it's probably going to bounce down. Those are the two, um, that I look at. I look at whether if it's that heavy resistance level, then I kind of look at, um, is this catalyst something substantial enough to break us through that? So is the catalyst, like we talked with Bob last week, is the catalyst something with big data for the company that's going to produce revenue down the line? Um, then it's possible that we could break through that heavy resistance and we could we could just absolutely go parabolic. But if, we, if it's just something small, if it's a phase one um, data, uh, phase two update, that kind of thing, then it's possible that we're, we don't have enough steam to break through that and it's just going to bounce down. 
And so my plan will depend on kind of that. And if we start to reach that resistance, then I'm going to start to scale out. And the scaling out is one fourth at a time as well. It goes, goes out exactly as it comes in. Um, so I put uh, the one fourths in, and then as soon as I have a full position, uh, my plan is, is once I get to 10% profit, take a fourth off. Once I get to 15% profit, take another fourth off. 20% another fourth and let that last fourth ride um, until we get close to the catalyst. But that's how my plans for most trades go. And that's kind of a good frame for you to, uh, for, for day trade or not day trades, for swing trades, kind of just determine with a catalyst, um, add a fourth and know that you want to add a fourth on each like big dip. And then as the catalyst approaches or as major resistance approaches, know that you need to scale out one fourth every either percentage level or if you're a person who wants to trade based on the chart solely you can do it on chart levels like a fib it's reaching the next fib or it's reaching previous resistance um you can you can take a fourth off at each of those resistances um so that's a rule of thumb for me that's kind of the the big framework i know Ant, you wanted to talk kind of about scalps and how you kind of trade a plan before that so i'll let you go off on that that's my thoughts on swing trade um add anything if you want yeah, just to go off that quick about swings is um, we got to take what the market's given us to in regards to swings. Like <laughs> when the market's not great and it's choppy, we talk about scaling out at a fourth at 10, 15, 20. Sometimes, you, sometimes the market is not going to give you that. Sometimes you have to recognize, oh, well, swings are not holding any sort of profit. Maybe I'll take a half at 10%. Maybe I'll scale out more at percentages than I normally would because I mean you're never going to go wrong taking profit okay you yes. think something's yeah. going to run more and you're afraid to take profit okay what if that pulls back and then what there you just left money on the table you'll always remember the ones that you didn't take profit on and then lost on the trade then oh well I made money but it kept running who cares you'll find something else like you especially with a small account you need to add wins up. It does not matter how big or small they are. If you stay consistent, the big home run plays are going to happen. Like Neuro, for example. That was not a swing trade. Oh, bro. Speaking <laughs> of fucking home run trades, baby. AOZ at a 52% right oh, now. shit, really? 52%. Oh, yeah, we're, record we're recording this like during the market, by the way. Yeah, bro. Everyone, okay. This. I'm going to send out my sub fund message fucking going off on everyone and telling everyone about this right now. You guys are seeing this live. ALZN up 52%. Wow, that's crazy. Oh, my great gosh. Call, great call. Did you call that this week? Yeah, I called it earlier this week and just got my boys in. That's crazy. What? Did Let's they have, go. You did can keep talking. News? I'm just going to be I'm gonna be sending that out. Fuck did, yeah. Do they have news? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I dude, I didn't even like. I'm in we it like, just or something. Yeah, holy shit! Because I just, I got on because I was like, I was thinking, I was like, someone just messaged me. Oh my goodness! Wow. Oh my goodness! I bet that feels good. <clears throat> dude, it does. You get to see. This is what I do in my own apartment when something goes off like this. Except for me, it's I'm talking to my cat instead of you guys. I pick him up. I go, Oh yeah, baby! <laughs> There's a lot of stuff moving. SPRTs moving. Uh, anyway, back to what I was saying. Um, I was talking about neuro, something like I called that for sub fund. It was like four bucks, All right? Yeah. And it was just a scalp. Did I ever think it was going to forty dollars? Never once. But 
like I said, the home runs will happen. As long as you're staying consistent, these home runs just organically happen. You can't be aiming for a home run every time in regards to like a swing or a scalp. Take consistent profit, especially when the market's shit, and you'll be good to go. Um, but Teddy talked about planning swings. I'll talk about planning like how I scalp and day trade. Um, I wake up every morning. I look for pre-market movers, top gainers, uh, stocks that have the most volume. Um, and then I'll make a list. I'll set my supply and demand zones because that's how I trade momentum and that's how I scalp and day trade. Um, if you don't know how to use supply and demand, I actually just put out a lesson on like simplifying supply and demand for my sub fund. But anyway, I'll set my supply and demand zones and then... Nine times out of ten, I won't trade pre-market. Um, what I'll do is I'll wait for a flush on open to grab something. Um, or I'll be patient and wait for something to hit my demand zone. I'll set my bids and I'll watch the, my top three, four favorite stocks and I'll wait for them to hit my bids. Um, and once they hit my bids... Um, I'm scaling out even on my scalps I'll nine times out of ten when my demand zone hits we get buyers rushing in and then that's why supply and demand is so works so well is because it's essentially your demand zone is unfilled bids that have not been like we're looking for big moves up and big moves down in our demand zone, it's unfilled bids. So if you're charting your levels out correctly, when it hits your demand zone, those the the stock instantly moves up. Um, but that's how I'm I'm planning out my scalps. It's nothing like too complex. Um, I'm looking for things with high volatility. I'm looking for movers in pre market. I'm looking for volume. Um, volume is the most important thing to look for. If something doesn't have volume, I won't trade it if something just dead in the water i won't trade it and hope oh well i'm hoping it spikes now i need volume and i always use supply and demand and i preach it all the time but i really it is so important to learn supply and demand if you want to scalp and day trade it is the best thing i ever learned how to do um, yeah and uh, the people in my sub fund can probably attest to that we've been i don't know we've been almost perfect on our scalps for supply and demand using supply and demand. Um, but that's what I, that's my scalping routine. Um, it's nothing crazy, but you need to know what you're looking for. Yeah. Um, for me and scalping, it's kind of just, um, after a while you kind of get a gut feeling of whether or not something is going to move more or whether or not something has all the, the, um, the boxes checked, I guess. Um, but right now at the beginning, you guys have to create those boxes. You have to create the kind of framework for that gut feeling. Yep. And so one of the biggest things I would say for scalping for me is the volume needs to be steady. Um, like you were talking about, if the volume is decreasing, um, then it's probably going to knife down. I'm sorry. It's probably going to be one of those situations where it's been artificially inflated due to news or due to something else. And it's going to come back down to where it belongs. Um, so for me, the trade, if I'm scalping, I also map out exactly what percentage I want beforehand. So if I know it's a super risky trade 
and I'm going heavy in it, I usually look for three to five percent um, if I'm scalping, sometimes even two to four percent. And I will kind of, if I'm scalping with people, I'm telling people what I want, I'm telling them I want five percent out of this, or I want three percent, and I'm going to put my limit cell directly at that. So that if it touches it, I get that limit cell um, rather than if I can't, you know, scramble on my computer or um, figure it out, I don't need that. I just need. Um, to, to get it to touch that. So I'm gonna want my percentage, and I'm gonna know my percentage based on previous resistance levels. I'm gonna know, okay, so that last candle um, 10 minutes ago couldn't get above this resistance. That's 3% above where it's at right now. So I think I'm gonna take that 3% here. Um, that's exactly how I plan those out. And I know exactly my time frame too. I know, okay, so it's 10 minutes after open. I have about an hour here to, to scalp as many as I can or an hour and a half to scalp um, these strong and then I know that they're probably going to weaken in the middle of the day so I know my time frame you also got to know kind of um, when the volume is running out so watch that volume um, yeah and you'll start to get a feel you'll start to get a feel of okay this is a trade that I think is going to work this is a trade that I think is is fitting in my plan and like Ant was saying like supply and demand for him is like perfect it works exactly how he needs um, for me it's kind of just different chart patterns. It's kind of just like a pullback off of a news runner with steady volume. That's kind of, for me, the biggest one that I look for. Um, yeah, but everyone has kind of their own niche. So just just stick to what you, you find that works for you and uh, determine that plan and just know your time frame and plan out accordingly. And one more thing I'll add that I forgot to mention is like when you're day trading scalping, I, I talk about this a lot, but you're looking for times of high volatility, so right at open, uh, I suggest waiting a few minutes after open. Um, let charts play out, but from about 9.30 to 10.30, 11 is high volatility trading, and then power hours. So, like, lunch is a great time. Like, don't get me wrong, lunch is a great time to, to look for entries. <clears throat> Volume dies down, but you'll make the most money right at open till about 10 30 11 and then power hour like we're right now we're doing this podcast in power hour and i'm looking at certain things and they're moving they were they died at lunch and now they're moving so yeah. I, those are the times you want to be scalping day trading at times of high volatility agreed perfectly um i mean clove is moving right now too i was just looking at my phone yeah um so is jan but yeah, usually we don't do them during power. Usually it's after after the yeah. market is over, but I'm moving today, so uh, we got it. So we wanted to kind of fit something fun in here. Um, we do trivia on here, and usually it's stock-related, but we got a lot of stock stuff on this episode. So we're going to do cities in the United States. What we're going to do is we're going to ask, I'm going to ask Ant 10 cities, and he has to tell me what state they're from. And... I'm going to mark down how many he gets right, and then he's going to ask me 10 right back. And whoever loses has to finish their drink. So my, uh, my kitty lime pie is barely opened. I'll finish that one. I'll chug it if, if I lose. But i got to say, fifth grade geography, I was, I was looking pretty, pretty fancy in there, doing pretty I well. I failed this class, I'm pretty sure. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, good, good luck. All right, are you ready for this? Oh, yeah. All right. Duluth. Minnesota? Yes. Um, Lansing. Michigan. Yep. Harrisburg. Oh, fuck. No, you can't That's, do that. Whoa, one. that one, whoa, 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 whoa. That one doesn't count. That one doesn't count. That one doesn't count. That one. That's that one. <laughs> Wichita. Kansas? Damn, three for three. 
Um, Eugene. Oregon. Dude. <laughs> Odessa. I have never heard of that Odessa. Ha! Texas. Um, Grand Junction. Um, I have no idea. Hmm. Arizona. Damn it. Little Rock. Arkansas. Yep. Um, I've got to find a good one here that's going to trip you up. Concord. Massachusetts. I have no idea. New Hampshire. Okay, we got two more to go. Um, Missoula. Dude, what is that? I have never, <laughs> no idea. Montana. That's so dumb. All right, Bismarck. All right, I started off hot. Bismarck. All right, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> East or West Coast? That's in the middle. There's no coast. Welcome to my land. Um, North Dakota. Yes. How the is, fuck did is you? Is it really? Yeah. <laughs> you should have told me the middle. Damn. Okay. So you got six out of ten, and I'm gonna get seven, just so everyone knows. All right. I need to find some. All right, and I'll exit out of my map, so everyone knows I'm a not cheating loyal person. Oh boy. Um. I'm surprised you got six. I don't know how I did that, honestly. I started off so hot. You did. You got like four in a row. San Jose. California. Yep. Woo! Charlotte. Charlotte. Oh, I feel like an idiot. I know this one. It's um, it's one of the. Oh no. I got a fifty-fifty chance. Um, is it above or below the other one? I can't say that. <laughs> Fuck. North Carolina. Yep. Good guess. Woo. Uh. Fresno. Arizona. Nope. California. Uh, Tulsa. Kansas. Nope. Oklahoma. People are going to hate on me for not knowing these. Aurora. Colorado. Nope. Yeah. Henderson. Oh. God, if you get this, you're a genius. I am a genius, so I will get it. Henderson? Yeah. Henderson? Henderson, Nevada. You son of a bitch. <laughs> I'm a genius. That's so dumb. I, th I thought there was no way. Uh, Newark. Newark. New York. Nope, New Jersey. Fuck. Close. All right, you got three more. Toledo. Kansas. Nope, Ohio. What? Oh, two more. Listen, it's tied right Ugh. now. You need to get these right. I'll... I got to get both of them right here. It's a tie, and then we go to sudden death. 
Laredo. 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 I'll give you a hint. It's southern. I need to call Dan Didia Dips. Where's Laredo? Alabama. Texas. Oh. <laughs> Do I, you uh, even want the last one? Yeah, I need I need it for my pride. Norfolk. That one should be Norfolk. Easy. It's not easy because I suck at geometry. I was talking big. Geometry. <laughs> geometry. Geography. <laughs> Uh, as you guys can tell, school maybe not was my strong suit. Uh, stocks happen to be, but um, geography and um, geometry are not. I don't know where the fuck is it. Virginia, I, maybe that was probably a hard one for you. You're not East Coast. Yeah, I'm. Me Damn We don't know anything, dude. Wow. East Coast, West Coast. You better chug Because I know if I were to ask you about the, like the Pennsylvania and the East Coast stuff, you'd be like, I bam, would bam, know. Bam, bam, bam. Yeah. Okay. Kitty lime pie. I gotta send you a Yeti for that. Keep that thing cold. That would help. It was a little warm. Oh yeah. Ah, I need to burp, but I'm gonna go away from there because I know I think burps are gross. Oh yeah. Before we go into the next segment, <clears throat> we ordered a wheel. Well, I ordered a wheel. We want to do, we're going to do like all kinds of crazy stuff like drinks and peppers and shit. Yeah. I got stolen off my front porch, so that's why we don't have that. If you're a, the Halt fan and you stole it off of You stole porch, my wheel, I'm going to be actually mad. We're going to come beat you Just up. Just return it, please. We're going to find you. But um, yeah, I'm going to eat a ghost pepper at some point. Dude, do you ever have like a really hot pepper? Um, I had a Carolina Reaper oh, at school God. when I was in, like, sophomore year. Was it hot? I thought I was going to die, dude. It yeah, literally felt dude. like my mouth was burning. Yeah, dude, I had a ghost pepper once. Holy shit. Yeah, they're, like, next-level shit, man. It's, like, those people on Hot Ones, I always made fun of them because they were, like, they're, like, <laughs> but when you eat a pepper, man, it is, it is bad. Dude, I, uh, I love hot stuff, and I'm, like, oh, this is no problem. It's a different level. You have no idea. It's not It's not no jalapeno or anything like that. It's not even close, man. It's not even no. like... Like, I can eat a jalapeno pretty easily, but, like, when you... It's just straight inferno. Like, you don't taste anything. There's no taste. It is just hot. Do you like poppers? Like, jalapeno poppers? Yeah, I like those We lot. make these things. They're called armadillo eggs. I don't know. They could be called something else. You take... You know what that is? You... Cut you wrap it, it in bacon? Yeah, dude. You slice a jalapeno, yeah. put like cream cheese and whatever else in there, and like cheddar cheese, and you wrap it in bacon. And you like, so my mom used to smoke them before she moved. She would like smoke them, or you could like put them on a the grill, dude. Oh my god. We have okay, so we make those, and basically everyone just calls those jalapeno poppers here. Yeah. But then we have something else called like I think it's like dragon eggs, where it's that, but in between the bacon and jalapeno, they wrap it in chicken. Oh, so they wrap it good. in chicken. It is pretty good. So it's like I an actual that. meal. It's not just yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. You it cut it up so and you eat it. All right. Bullish versus bullshit. We have quite a few things to cover today. Um, first off, GameStop. How you feeling on that one? Let me pull up the chart here. I honestly don't pay attention to these meme stocks. Let me look. I better do the same, to be honest. I'll pull it up. 
GameStop. Hmm. Wait, I thought we were going to a thousand. Yeah, what happened? Where'd it go? <sighs> what is GameStop at? GameStop is at. Yeah, 170. Here's the thing with something like this. Is it really worth it at this price anymore? Honestly. Are we trying to trade a hundred and seventy dollar meme stock? What is the purpose? Because you think it's gonna go to a thousand dollars. If that's how you're trading and that's your logic behind trading, then I'm sorry, like not to be rude, but you need to find something else to do. Yeah. It was like it was cool when it was like ten bucks, sure. It was but, even cool when it was like fifty bucks. I was like, wow, yeah. this is kind of a cool little thing. Yeah, but but if if we're like you gotta think too, I'm speaking to people trading with, with a smaller account. How many shares of a hundred and seventy dollar GameStop stock are you gonna get? Are you buying for yeah. what? Like, there's this is probably the worst option in the market. I'd rather trade shippers. So You'd I'm calling bullshit. And that's saying something. To yeah, be honest. that's saying something. Because I will never trade shippers again. But for me, bro, it's just all about go to a GameStop and tell me that that is worth. The billions and billions of dollars of market cap that they are right now. Dude, um, dude it's a like a nine story. by nine store. It's the size of my bedroom, and they're slowly going out of business. They're slowly people are just using the online like Xbox store and stuff. Yeah. So for me, um, she's a no go and she's a bullshit call. For Listen me. to this story. I, I can't believe I'm saying this. I was like. 16 i think and i had just got my license and i drove up to the GameStop by me and i walk in and there's this dude sitting there i was i don't even know what i was looking to get and i walk in i'm like walk up to him like hey do you have this game he's like no this is a cvs pharmacy he said no this is a cvs pharmacy i said okay i turn around and walked out i get to my car i'm like bro what just happened (laughs) (laughs) what what did i just do like why did i just listen to this Dude, trying to be funny and just walk out, and I left. I was so embarrassed. <laughs> so I didn't go back in. Yeah, he was like trying to make a joke. I'm like, I was like 16. I'm like, uh, kind of intimidated by this dude. I'm like, whatever. And I walk and I sit in my car and I'm like, wow, I can't even go back in. I'm so embarrassed. I left. I'm like, okay. I just walked it's the last out. time was, I was at a GameStop. He was probably just laughing his ass off. He probably was. Bro. He's like that idiot kid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, that's hilarious. I think the last time I was at a big or at a GameStop, I think. There were like people in suits in there that were from a game, and oh really? I just bought a bought a game and I just left. Yeah, I think I bought no UFC point. three. I think. You can get everything online. Yeah, now I, I just do everything online. I just get all the games I want on there, pre-order them on there, everything. I can't tell you the last time I played a video game though. It's so hard with like, there's just so much going on. Yeah, I have usually used to play Rainbow Six Siege all the time, bro. But now I haven't played in probably weeks months maybe but yeah bullshit bullshit on GameStop um so Bitcoin's kind of been popping off the last week kind of last few days it's been really hot for me personally I think um we could be seeing something good because we could be seeing money rotation first of all because the market gets pretty slow in um the summer months so I think we could be seeing some of the money go into into crypto some of the money from all these retail traders going into crypto and I also just think it's a good place for a bitcoin bounce um maybe to like 45k maybe even to 50k within the next few weeks to a few months um but i think it's a good spot what about you we you texted me like a week or two ago you're like i think this is like approaching a level to buy like 
Yeah, 30K, then, I think. Is 30 to 33K, I think is what I said. Yeah, we both agreed. We're like, yeah, I mean, I, I was thinking the same thing. Like, oh, man, this is like I'd buy a couple and just forget about it. <clears throat> but but crypto is weird for me because I honestly have never traded crypto, and I don't really know much about it. It's just the concept of Bitcoin is weird to me, that it's just like kind of an invisible thing. That's, you know what I mean? It's like, and I don't really understand the the logistics behind it or like bitcoin mining stocks and but i don't know i i'm bullish at this price i was bullish last week at the price so i guess i'm bullish on that like long term i think the price will it was at a discount yeah and like you said i saw some i think i saw brady today about talking about crypto like when the market's slower looking into crypto um and a lot of the altcoins, too, like everything fell hard. Um, but yeah. I guess I would say bullish on Bitcoin long term based off what the price was and currently is. But again, if we're catering towards people with a small account, I don't really think anyone here is buying Bitcoin. Or like if, I don't know, there's a, there's better options to put where to put your money than Bitcoin or partials yeah. of Bitcoin. But bullish we on the price. Talk, we're going to talk altcoins too. And for me, um, I've seen too many like fake scams in altcoin. Like I think there's yeah. been a few that have been um, pretty pretty big. Like I think millions and millions of dollars lost. Um, but I can I can get behind uh, Bitcoin. I don't. I'm going to butcher this name. Ethereum or Rhythm, However you say Ethereum? that. Ethereum. Ethereum, um, I can get behind that. I did a little research, and that seems like it's actually pretty legit. Um, I can get behind Dogecoin, Dogecoin, just because it's a meme like that. Okay, it's a meme coin. It's probably going to keep where it's at, maybe move. But I can't get behind, like, the random one that's called, like, Penis Spaghetti Monster. <laughs> I don't know what it's called, actually, but, like, 69 sure. coin is probably a thing. And I can't yep. get behind those because I don't know enough about them. And they're, they're so small that you don't even know who, like, made them. They're... they're completely keep their privacy so i just i don't know i can't get behind the thing it could could be a complete scam you don't i mean my opinion on altcoins is 99 percent of them are will never be anything yeah like legitimately 99 percent of them will not be anything the major ones like i know link's a good one ethereum uh those are all ones that have a probably have a future um but altcoins in general is complete bullshit because i think anybody can make an altcoin and god only knows what like you don't really know what you're parking your money into it could be a complete scam and then there's way better thing way other what am i trying to say there's better things to put your money into so altcoins as a whole i would say bullshit um i know we wanted to talk about these bitcoin miners like any more riot SOS uh whatever the other ones are um i know there was something about there a lot of the miners are trying to shift to like carbon neutral um, cuz i guess they're pretty bad for the environment i don't really know the logistics behind that but um i think as long as bitcoin has a future so do these miners in terms of if you're looking for something stock related to invest in if you don't want to play crypto yeah um, 
I don't know how you feel about that, but I think I'm bullish on a lot of the miners. I actually 100% agree. I thought we were going to I thought you were going to say bullshit on the miners and I was going to say bullish, but mm-hmm. we agree cuz I think um as long as you're bullish on Bitcoin, you should be bullish on the miners too. Um, yeah. And I'm bullish on Bitcoin for now, at least. Once we hit that that 50k um, level, then I'll start to rethink that as a trade. But for now, I think the miners are uh, a good play short term. Long term, I don't really have much of an opinion because I haven't looked into their business models enough. Um, it's not really a sector that I favor, like longing Mara or Riot um, because of the premiums they're trading at based on their like revenue numbers and all that kind of stuff. So I wouldn't, I haven't even really looked into them at all, to be honest. I should um, educate myself, but long term, I don't have an opinion. But for right now, for the next like few months, pretty bullish on them. Yeah, yeah, I'm bullish as well. I, uh, I actually scalp a lot of the miners just depending on Bitcoin's performance and stuff. They all you move kinda- nice, bro. Yeah, you can kind of tell what the miners are going to do before the market opens, depending on Bitcoin. Like, if Bitcoin does some crazy after hours or overnight, then that's something I'll look into. Um, yeah. But yeah, if I'd say Bitcoin goes, on Yeah, if Bitcoin goes crazy after hours, you can always snag, like, Mara and Riot and usually wake overnight up to a profit it, yeah. pre-market. Um, yeah, so I think we wanted to talk about the uh, the UFC card this past weekend. Um we texted about this, but uh, what do you think about that Sanhagen decision? Man, bullshit. That's what I yeah, think about it. Um, that was bad. I also think the Miranda Maverick decision was even worse, probably, man. That was that cost me a lot of money, if I'm being honest. Um, yeah. The Miranda Maverick decision, she had two rounds, and it was pretty clear that she had two rounds, I thought at least. Um, and then Macy Barber comes out hot, and... Uh, I thought she caught around, but I mean, you know why they gave it to her because the name. Say that again. You know, I mean, you know why they gave her the decision. It's the, who's who has a bigger name. It's yeah, just everyone wants Macy Barber to be that young UFC bullshit. champion, but that was ass. Um, and then for the main event, man, I thought Sanhagen that fifth Controlled round the whole fight. I don't understand. It was that fifth round, and one of the judges gave it to TJ, bro. I don't know how. When was when was Sanhagen hurt in the entire fight? He controlled yeah. the entire... Like, anyone with two eyes knows that Sanhagen won that fight. It's getting, like, UFC is, like, cr- inching towards boxing, like, bad. Like, in terms of judging. like Yeah, it's bad, man. It is it's so bad. horrible. Think, you got to think about it. Sanhagen, if he wins that fight, his next fight will be for the title. Now what? He has to fight somebody else in the top five. Yep. And then yeah. he, if he wins that, then he gets a title shot, supposedly. Because the way I always want to look at it in a round. So if I'm judging a round, I always think it needs to be, they have like these rules of like damage comes first and then like striking and then like control and all that is last, like after in yeah. that order. And, dude, Sanhagen landed so much more damage in that fifth round. Like, TJ, like, made have laid on him for, like, half the round and, like, pushed him up against the cage. But damage comes first, apparently, according to the UFC. And TJ TJ did not land any, while Corey landed, like, a ton. And then also, bro, like, just on a, like, a kind of like a pride base, Corey would have absolutely, in a fight to the death, Corey has that hands down, bro. You, you, I mean... Look at the two fighters after the fight. Dillashaw looks like he just got hit by a truck. Sandhagen, there's nothing yeah. wrong with him. He he did way more damage. Um, 
But then again, we go back to, oh, the UFC wants to prop up Dillashaw like this comeback story, which I used to be a Dillashaw fan, but now he's a scumbag. You, I hate you don't, Dillashaw. You don't cheat, knowingly cheat, in a hand-to-hand combat sport where you have a very distinct advantage, and then you come out, when, when it's found out that you were cheating and you knew about it, you come out and say, oh, I couldn't cut the weight. That's yeah. why I was on whatever he was on, because I couldn't cut the weight. Dude, how about you take some accountability and be like, yeah, I fucked up. Then, Dude, also his smug little smile, man. Yeah, I mean, he's... And then he was saying, like, after the fight that the belt would be easy money. Dude, you didn't even win that, that fight. And, like, dude, Petr Jan, Petr Jan is a whole nother fucking... He's probably going to beat Aljo second time around. Um, yeah, I mean, he would have easily beat him last fight. Yeah. yeah, if it wasn't for that illegal knee, easily beats him last fight. So. He is an animal, man. He's, like, he's probably, honestly, top three or four pound for pound right now, um, in my opinion. He's... He's all around such a good fighter. He has shades of yeah, like a like a GSP and John Jones type, where like they there's not a weakness that you can exploit. Yeah, that was watching the that fight was because I like Sanhagen. Sanhagen's like yeah. flashies. He's huge for that division. He's um, fun. And I I I honestly can't believe it, but it's the I UFC thought he now. had it, but it was I mean I wouldn't call it a robbery though. It was like it was a close fight where like it was one round difference. And I yeah. just thought Sanhagen won. Um, yeah. Yeah, I kind of want, want to ask you about, like, a bunch of these fights that have been announced and kind of the fights within the coming weeks because we're not going to go over this next week's card because um, you might call Horrible. us casual fans, but it's absolutely trash, and I don't yep. really want to even bet on it. I'm not going to put any money on it. So we're just going to – I'll ask you about the main event, and then I'll just go through with some of the other main events and co-mains that I think are exciting. We can just kind of give our thoughts. So Sean Strickland and Uriah Hall, what are you thinking? Uh, I think that would put me to sleep. I like Uriah Hall. There's sometimes Uriah Hall looks like he should be fighting for the title, and then there's sometimes he just does not show up. Um, What was his last fight? His last fight was Weidman, right? Weidman yeah. when he broke his leg. Yeah, uh, he broke his leg. Before that, Anderson Silva, I think. If I was betting on that, I'd take Hall, but that's, I have no interest in watching that. Honestly, I don't know what you think, but... Yeah, I mean, I'll probably be doing stuff, but I would take Strickland. Um, I don't like Hall's kind of, like you said, up and down, and I think Strickland... He's hit or miss. Some, yeah, he's got some... He's slick. Um, I think yeah. he can do it. It's not a fight I'm going to put any money on. It's not a fight I'm going to wager. No, that's um, a toss-up. All right. Michael Chiesa versus Vincente Luque. I, personally, in this, am going to take Michael Chiesa. He's surprised me too many times for me not to take him. He's really, really scrappy and really, really tough. Um, And I think Luque is really good, but I think Chiesa is going to be able to control him on the ground, I think. Yeah, I actually watched, while I was going to watch him fight, it was the Tony Ferguson versus Khabib card for, like, the 18th time at... uh, in Brooklyn, and then McGregor decided to throw that dolly through the uh, bus, and Chiesa had to back out, and the whole card got fucked up. But uh, he, I like Luke. Like he's a really, really good boxer. I remember watching him on the Ultimate Fighter. He's like a really good boxer, um, and he's fun to watch. But Chiesa, I think that's how you pronounce it. He has way more experience. He's tough. He's a hard out. Like yeah. If He's I was putting money on, on yeah, if I was putting money on it, I'd put Chiesa, if that's how you say it, but I like Luque. 
a lot. Yeah. So he's a really good boxer. Um, Jose Aldo versus Pedro Munoz. For me, I'm probably going to go Jose Aldo in this spot. Yeah. He's still has a lot of gas in the tank, even though he's pretty old. And I think his output can outdo Pedro Munoz exactly the same way that Frankie Edgar's output outdid Pedro Munoz, regardless if you think he won that fight or not. The judges saw it that way. Um, so I think the judges will probably see Jose Aldo again, just doing enough, um, bouncing on his feet, landing a jab, landing a straight here and there, that kind of thing. My gripe on Aldo is just that when he cuts that much weight, he looks like sick. Like they have, yeah. like you see him being held up in way, and he just—I don't know what he walks around at, but it takes everything in him to be able to cut that weight. And he—he he looks like he actually looks unhealthy. Um, he does, he and I really feel like does. that. Yeah, I feel like that affects his performance. I mean, I know you can—you're obviously putting weight back on, but that takes a lot out of your body to to get down to that weight. Um, I would probably take Aldo too, just because. I prefer the way he fights, but I don't know. I don't know how much longer he's got, honestly. I don't think his body can take... I mean, he's older, too. His body... How, how much longer can he cut this crazy amount of weight? So, How much longer can he fight top five opponents like this? Exactly. All right. Derek Lewis and Cyril <laughs> Gan. Who are you taking? Uh, who I would prefer... Derek Lewis to win. I think <laughs> Gain or Gagne, whatever is, he's extremely boring to watch. And it, for, I mean, either of them, it takes one shot. Um, when you're a heavyweight, literally, you get touched in the chin, you you go to sleep. But I think Derek Lewis has improved a lot. Honestly, like his cardio, which was his biggest problem, he'd have probably one round to knock somebody out. Like he literally has came out and said he he doesn't want five round fights. But dude, I hate to break it. You need, <laughs> you have no choice if you You're want the title. But like, yeah, um, my gut saying gain or Gagne, uh, but I want Derek Lewis to win bad. Like, I love Derek Lewis, but I don't know. It, it depends. It, the later the 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 more rounds the fight goes, then Lewis's chances aren't that great. Yeah. Um, this is. This is a really big step for Gon, in my opinion, because yeah. he's fought good people. He's fought he fought Volkov last, and he fought Rosenstrike last before that, um, which are good like good opponents. But Derek Lewis is just kind of like like a there's levels. Like he's kind of just like he pulls shit out of his ass where other yeah. people can't. Like Volkov beat him an entire fight, and then Lewis just bam. Um, Curtis Blades was pressuring him pretty, pretty um, successfully. He was doing all right. And then Lewis just lands that fucking massive uppercut. Um, it's a one-trick pony, really. Yeah, he really is. He's You can't hold him down on the ground very easily, Derek Lewis. And he's kind of just a knockout artist. Um, but he's good at it. He's really, really good at it. And I think I think he's probably um, going to put Gone into some... some Deep waters, but I think Gon is a future champ. I really do. Yeah. Um, he's so technical, man. He bounces on his feet and, and fights like a middleweight, um, even though he weighs 250. Um, I think I'm going to take Gon here. I think he's probably going to win, but Lewis could land an overhand or a hook 
um, and absolutely demolish him in the first round, even all the way until the third round. He holds that power, man. He he carries it late into the fight. Um, but yeah, I'm taking Gone just because I think he's got like the footwork and the he's he doesn't have the flash of like a champ like McGregor would have been, but he has like the Kamara Usman like kind of just like very very technically sound. Kamara was on the ground, obviously. Gone is on the feet, so different. Yeah. Um, Specialties, but I think he has that just like grinding. Like I'm gonna be so technically tight, way longer than you're gonna be technically tight. That I think he's probably gonna pull it off. Uh, another reason I want Lewis to win is I'd love to see him in Nagano fight again because that first fight was the worst fight I've ever seen. Um, yeah, that was horrible. But yeah, and some like I like Nagano. Like I think he's like a physical freak. But I see him being hyped up now as like the scariest dude on the planet best fighter of all time like how how can you how can you give him that after i mean he beat stipe dude we gotta say this stipe deserves an immediate rematch i don't know why yeah i don't know how that hasn't happened and how that no wasn't there's dude, dana hasn't even brought it up dana honestly if i was in front of dana, dana dude, i would idiot. kick him in the nuts bro but um and he would probably beat my ass afterwards because he's around ufc fighters all day but dude stipe deserves a fucking rematch like, there should be he some beat him the first time, and he lost contract. the second time. Yeah. Yes, what? How is that not even being discussed? Like, they, they have an interim title now? What the hell? Yeah, Nagano, what, did he win it in March? Why Why are they vacating the title already? Well, they're, because they're, what? Ma- they're making an interim belt, and yeah. then they're going to make... Like, why an interim belt? Why not just have Nagano fight Stipe, and these two can fight for the number one contendership? And then whoever wins that fight gets the winner of that. Like... Settle the trilogy. It's one one right now. What is what's the deal? Why why do they never offer Stipe what he deserves? They also, never do. Where is John Jones at? What is John Jones doing? Did he is he regretting putting weight on? Like where is he? His the whole point of him coming He's <laughs> like shooting coming. guns on his um Albuquerque yeah. thing and training he's dude, he's been training like with like military dogs, which is cool and all, but like is he ducking? Like, is he ducking Ningano? Is he is he waiting for what? What is he waiting for? I have. I mean, he's how old now? He could beat Ningano if he wrestled him. Like that's yeah easy. I don't know why he wouldn't take that fight, other than the fact that there's a chance he gets domed in the first two. <laughs> Jones is frustrating because I love watching him fight, but he's like, he'll take two years off. He'll get busted for whatever. It's like. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, okay, we got a few more fun ones to talk about here. Alexander Volkanovsky, Brian Ortega. Who are you taking? Based on both their last performances, Ortega looked crazy, crazy good coming back from that yeah. loss. And Volkanovsky did not beat Holloway. I don't care what anyone says. He didn't. No. Uh, I would... I'm prefer Ortega to win and I would put money on Ortega to win so I don't know how you feel but I'm going um, based off their past performances <clears throat> yeah I'm going against you I'm taking Volkanovski um this is dude back in the day I picked Volkanovski I bet money on him to beat Max Holloway in their first fight and he did because for some reason I had a feeling but I thought Max was going to take his belt back in that second fight which mm-hmm. He did. And I think this is all leading back to another fight between them. Um, I think they're going to fight again, and I think he's going to beat Brian Ortega um, probably in a really close, boring way because that's kind of just how Volk fights is he's just he's just tight and technical, and he's going to put a slow pace on you where he's just going to 
land some nice shots, but he's not going to do anything crazy. And I don't think Ortega is going to be able to get him down to the mat yeah. where he needs to. So I think Volk is probably going to win, but I won't put any money on it. Uh, I, I don't know. I think Volkanovski's he's not a boring fighter, but he's not somebody like I enjoy watching. Yeah, me too. I don't know. I, I would prefer somebody exciting like Holloway to to hold the title or Ortega. Holloway beat him that last time, man. That was such a robbery. I, I can't believe that. I, 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 I can't believe it. I, there's no way. I know. I get pissed when people throw around the word robbery. That was a fucking robbery. Bad, if I've ever seen one. Yeah. Um, okay. The last one. Kamara Usman and Colby Covington. I will never bet against Usman ever again in my life. Ever. Yep. Never. Me too. I bet against him like three times because yep. I thought he was not that good on the feet and I thought he was going to get knocked out. And he has proved me so wrong every single time. And so I flipped around like any good trader does. When you get beat on a long play, you go short. If you get beat on a short play, you go long. Like any good trader does. And I have been backing Kamara Usman for his last two fights. And it has paid me dividends. Um, yeah, Kamar Usman, I think his striking has gotten so much better since their first fight, too. Like, in the past three fights, man, he has leveled up his jab and, and straight. Oh, yeah. I think he probably puts Colby away within, like, three rounds this time. Like, I think he's on a different level now. The thing with him, too, is, like, he'll he'll say fuck you to whatever anyone's saying. Like, oh, you you can't stand and bang with somebody. And he's done that his last, when he fought uh, Masvidal, starch yeah. Masvidal. That's nuts. Starched Covington, like, broke Covington's jaw. Like, the thing with him is he can do everything. Yeah, like, it's not appealing to watch wrestlers in the UFC. Like, Khabib wasn't an exciting fighter, but he was so good at what he does. But Usman does everything well. Um, I yeah. never bet against Usman ever in my life. So. Even though I when he fought that. Burns, I wanted to take Burns, but no. That was the last time I bet against Yeah, I remember we Coving- talked about that. I'm like, dude, Usman. I can't bet against yeah, dude, yeah. he had him in that first round. He had him dead to rights, and then he laid on his back for like a minute straight. Do you remember that, bro? Yep. He fucking clipped him, knocked him down, and then Usman gets back up, and then Burns laid on his back for a minute straight. Yeah. Some of the worst ring IQ. He, I mean, if he beats Covington, I think he, he there's already talks he's the best welterweight of all time, I think. I don't know. I don't know what else he really needs to do to prove that. Dude, I want but, GSP to come back and fight him. That would be sick. Me too, but uh, honestly, I think at this at this point in time, like GSP's, I mean, how old's GSP now? Forty. He's got to be like. Usman's older too. Usman's thirty-five, I think. Yeah, I think GSP has to be right around forty. Imagine, I, I would have loved these two fighting in their prime. But even when he like when even when GSP came back and fought, uh, what's his face? Bisbing. Um, Bisbing. He didn't even look that great. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. He won, but he didn't yeah. look amazing. Yeah. So, we got some stuff to talk about. We're going to get a little a little conspiracy up in here. Um, I know you wanted to do a little kind of talking about fate and stuff, and I wanted to kind of talk, is the world a simulation type of thing? Just get our thoughts on it. You can, you can start on it, and I'll kind of build on what you say. Yeah, we talked about this before we started recording about, like, fate and is fate real? Like, is your death predetermined and stuff? Um, I don't know. I've always kind of thought that, it is like like everyone's death's kind of predetermined because there's like so many weird things that happen like like people so many things like people should have died like i don't know there's just really weird coincidences that happen um so i kind of 
I don't know. I've kind of always believed in fate. Like when it's your time to to go, it's your time, and there's really nothing you can do about it. It's kind of like that Final Destination movie where these people know they're gonna, they know they're gonna die, and they try to change the course of what happens so they don't die. But by changing the course of whatever they're doing is actually what led them to die. It's such a weird concept. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, oh well. If I don't do this, then I won't die. But by not doing that, you actually die. It's just so weird to me. But yeah. I kind of do think fate's a thing. Yeah, I don't know. Dude, I kind of think so, too. I kind of think, like, people are meant to do certain things. Like, I think there's, like, I don't know. Certain people are put in places to do certain things. There, there has to be, like, something else, like fate um, mm-hmm. has to be working there. Like, I don't know. Um, just some things that pertain to stocks. Like, Zach Morris was put here to tell people to buy stocks they're going to make money, that kind of thing, but, like, on a much bigger scale. Like, things like Martin Luther King was put here to, like, start the things he did, um, that kind of stuff. Like, I feel like people are just put in places to where their lives are supposed to lead a certain way, and there's no other explanation other than just fate or just immense, like, coincidence that that's what the world needed in those moments, and that person was there to do what was needed um i think i think fate is is real and there's like some sort of heavy heavy coincidence in there too like it's kind of a combination in my in my brain that's kind of how it works is there's like a like coincidence is kind of but also there's just a fate of like people were put there and then also it lines up exactly how it's supposed to come it's like that concept too oh this is probably happening but like you think of somebody and they text you right like right as you're like dude is it is that really how it works there's like some yeah there's like some weird weird things like or like you'll have a dream and it'll be like something weird and then like a few days later you'll have deja vu and be like where did i remember deja vu you're like like, bro i just dreamed about this a few days ago that's a good one to talk about like next time deja vu like that the concept of deja vu blows my mind yeah bro this i think okay so for the simulation part of this i think the world is not a simulation or else everything would go like accordingly because sometimes your life just like fucks up randomly like sometimes your life just throws an absolute curveball at you yeah and i feel like that wouldn't happen if it was like a simulation and shit but like also Maybe sometimes that's part of the simulation dude that's what i'm thinking sometimes See? i really really question man if like like if is if fate is real and everyone's life is predetermined isn't it a simulation yeah exactly like that that ties right into like is like fate a thing i i see the simulation thing thrown around and there there's something came out like a month ago like scientists said oh the chance the possibility of us like life being a simulation is like probable or something like based off what research did you do that that (laughs) that comes to the conclusion that life could be a simulation but there is so many, like, there's weird things just happen that make you think, like, oh, maybe it is a simulation. Maybe somebody else is controlling it. Um, and then the whole concept of, like, where what happens when you die, which is yeah. a topic for another time. But I think about that sometimes. Like, I'll be sitting in bed, like, what does happen when you die? Like, not to get, like, dark or anything, but, like... I know, man. It's... You want to believe that there's something after death, but what if there isn't? Then what? I don't know. It's such a... I don't really like thinking about it, honestly. But. Yeah, this is... Like, thinking about if the world is a simulation, like, my thoughts in my head just, like, get fucked up. Like, thinking about it, I'm just like, 
well, if it is a simulation, then what is bigger? Like, what what is what else is there? Like, is there another world that we're just in? Are a you lab like reborn, on? like in another body with the same like thoughts? Or I, was I an owl in my past life? Like, what? Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> like, for real. Like, dude, and if it's a simulation, man, and like they did a pretty good damn job. Like, holy yeah. shit, there's a. I, like, yeah. I wouldn't have known if like I wouldn't have like, Sims, somebody's controlling us. Like, so weird, bro. And like they're controlling us to think we have free will. If that's true, yeah, it's. I don't know, dude. Maybe we're just like all miniature people, and there's some big, like big ass people just like fucking controlling us. <laughs> we're just like fucking like some, Lego people. We're like a lab somewhere, dude. Yeah. Okay, so next time I have a perfect conspiracy. I didn't think about it until just now, but. Next time, we have to talk about... I saw... I'll read this article. I'll bring it up in our next episode. But it's if AI is, like, currently executing a plan to take over the world already. And we just don't know it's about it. Because, because, bro, think about it. Think about this. We can get kind of into this for, like, a second here. Phones have become so much bigger. So many more people have jobs that, like, are technology. Like, so many more people are on computers all day now and stuff. Um, there's been so many things about, like, screens, like, messing with people's, like, psyche and stuff. Like, it could just be a slow, and everyone thinks, oh, AI is so far out. You don't, there's no robots. Yeah. Like, what if it's just, like, phones and shit and, like, all this stuff? Um, but yeah. Dude. That's a good one The phone shit, like, them, like, your phone listening to you. The other, like, the other day I'm on YouTube, and my name is Anthony. And people call me Ant. Some people call me Ant. Some people call me Tony, whatever. So somebody must have said ant. On all, anything, everything on my YouTube was advertisements for stuffed ants. Life size, <laughs> like, dude, are you for real? Yeah, like, uh, no, like that happens that's to me, man. that's where we are now with phones. I was talking about the Gordon Ramsay seltzers. I think to my girlfriend one time after you got them or whatever, and then mm-hmm. I haven't, I had never looked at them online or Google. I just knew that they. Yeah. I saw them on Twitter or something at some point, and I just knew they were coming out. I'd never looked them up, never done any of that. And all of a sudden, they popped up on my YouTube, bro. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. All right, so to round up, kind of wrap up the episode here, we have the Q&A, just one fun, one serious question. We're going to start with the serious that relates to stocks. We've kind of gotten away from stocks for this last part of the episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it because we like to just kind of uh, talk about some stuff. So how do you split accounts? And so... Um, different accounts, same account, percentage-wise, what do you do? I have three different accounts. I have a, an, an account with investments and dividends and dividend stocks, and I have uh, an account I swing trade in, and I have an account I scalp and day trade in. It okay. is so much easier if you separate things. If you get to the point where you like to swing trade, you also like to scalp, but you want to invest long-term, you need you have to split your accounts up. You can't be holding ten investments, two swing trades, and then scalping at the same time. It does not work. You'll you'll just it's not possible, honestly, to efficiently do that. Yeah. And what I like to do is, well, one, I don't take money out of my investment or swing account. I transfer funds from my scalping account into my investment account and I'll take funds from my swing trade account into my investment account. And sometimes I'll put funds from my scalping account into my swing account and vice versa. 
but I, I, I don't like to take money out of my investment account. Um, I, I, ver I strongly, strongly, strongly suggest splitting your accounts up. Um, I don't know how you feel, but it is, you'll find it's a whole new world when you have everything organized. Your investments, you're really not looking at them. Like you, you're not looking at your investments every day. There's no point. Or your stocks that are paying dividends. I'm scalping every day. I need to, I'm looking at this account every day. Some like, well, the last month I really haven't been swaying, so I'm really not looking at that. It's just so much easier when everything is organized. But that's that's yeah. what I personally do. So I got I have um, three accounts as well. One is my investment account, and then I have two. But I kind of want to split them up like you do, where it's one for swing, one for scalp. I haven't tried that before. Um, but I have one large account and one small account. So for mm -hmm. the large account. Um, my kind of split is different. I do 75% swing, 25% scalps, and I mm -hmm. stick those to like the confident, confident plays of like the ones where I feel like are 10 out of 10s, um, TED Talk type plays. Um, they also tend to be long-term, more long-term. So like that's something that I have VTGN in, and my average is still... Um, shit, my cat is trying to pull my thing off. Sorry. Um, so I have VTGN in that, and my average for VTGN, I think, is like 80 cents on that. And that's still a swing trade because it's only like been like eight months or something. So it's not like a long, it's not an investment, but it's a swing trade. But it's like my heavy um, TED Talk type stuff. It's my LKCO from a dollar that I still have, um, that kind of thing. Um, and then that 25%, which is the, the scalps, those are the ones where like I do like two a week and it's with a very very heavy size obviously but yeah. it's like the one where i i noticed that is perfect that's like a swing or that's a scalp that i think like neuro this week i did in it um it got down to like 19 dollars, i think from i think like 20 and it was just basing out and the volume was increasing and i immediately said in my head volume increasing in a basing out um it's about to pop and then yeah. i put it in that large account popped it off and then the small account is um 60 swing 40 percent scalp and it's just for more risky stuff it's stuff to, like kind of to i guess satisfy my fomo a little bit and also just protect my large account kind of thing um it works for me but i'm gonna try yeah. switching to scalp and swing account separately yeah i i definitely recommend and prefer that i i i personally don't play options so i don't really need to worry about that but i know a lot of people just have separate accounts to play options and then whatnot um, yeah. but i don't so yeah. Um, all right. Fun question. What is your most unpopular opinion? I have two that people okay. give a shit for all the time. I'm sure some people are going to know what I'm about to say. One, eggs are horrible. If you eat eggs, that disgusts me. Actually, I have three. Eggs are horrible. If you eat deviled eggs, which is eggs and mayonnaise together, that's disgusting. I've talked about that before. And I fucking <laughs> love candy corn. Okay, I get shit for candy corn, dude. Candy, candy corn, is, corn so... is fucking good, man. Exactly, dude. I, I tweeted it the other day. Every re reply was, besides one, was that it was horrible. I think I supported you. I think it you was me. and because, Lady Rip. Dude, because candy Haley corn River. is good, bro. Candy corn is so good. Yeah. It's like literally just sugar and like some, it tastes a little, I don't know, caramely. tastes like, a little what do, good. What do you not like about it? Yeah, I like it. Um, wait, eggs? hold on. Wait, 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 wait. You got a pizza the other day with eggs on it? Yes. All right. 
It was good. I think, okay, for me, eggs, I have to be in the mood, man. I have to be in the mood for eggs. Like, deviled eggs, I can do deviled eggs. Deviled eggs are fire. Um, no. To anyone listening, deviled eggs are fucking awesome. Don't listen no, they're to not. That's but, eggs and eggs. Mayonnaise and eggs. But it's good. It's good. But eggs for breakfast, like scrambled eggs, man, I think those are nasty. Um, I'll yeah, eat them sometimes if I'm feeling like I need to be in a healthy mood, but I think that's gross. Yeah, I mean... I've said it's a baby before. chicken. Yeah, we used to, I used to have chickens, and like the one time we, the egg, I don't even know what happened. It must have been like along the process of becoming a chick, and there was like a feather and a beak in it. It was, uh, no, never again, dude. Never, never, never. All right. Never. You ready for my um, unpopular opinion? Yeah, what is it? I have like three or four. I got them written down here. I'll just <laughs> run through them here. So, first, golden retrievers are not cute. Dude, <laughs> yes, they are. I don't think golden retrievers are cute, bro. They're one of the less cute dogs. Sorry, Sam. Uh, see, I don't like um, small dogs. You like small dogs? No, I don't. Like, no offense. If you have like a Chihuahua, I just yeah, I'm not a big fan. Them of small to me dogs, are bro. very annoying. I like like I guess kind of like shepherd type stuff. Those are kind of my favorite dogs. Yeah. Um, Popcorn is overrated. It's my second one. I agree, actually. It gets stuck not, in your teeth. Yeah, I don't like that. I don't like it no. in my teeth. And there's not a, a whole lot of flavor. I get mm-hmm. it if you're like on a diet and you need to fill your stomach. Okay, yeah. go for the popcorn. But, yeah. Nah. Um, Pitbull is the worst artist ever to live. I hate Pitbull. <laughs> you're talk about the talk. With a burning passion. Pitbull, Mr. Mr. Worldwide. I despise... Dude, like... My girl will literally play Pitbull songs to piss me off. Like, she will. She knows that it will she put me in such a them? bad mood. No, she doesn't like oh, Pitbull. I was say. But, like, she will, like, want to put me in a bad mood and play Pitbull. I hate, hate, hate Pitbull music. Nothing bad about the man, but... Yeah. Okay. And then the last one, those old-age shows, like Peaky Blinders and, like, Downton Abbey, I cannot stand those. Dude, I can not why that's such a good show hey pip, pip, would you like to go to the tea hour with bonnie Wait, so you don't like, like anything that. like you don't like anything like that's like, like no i can't watch it i literally cannot watch if they are wearing dresses and suits i like legitimately want to drive my car off so you like no like m- like italian mob movies mafia anything i watched five minutes of the godfather one time and stopped it You've never seen like the like Scarface or like the Irishman on Netflix or anything. No, like, dude, I have not watched any of those. That's bro. the worst thing I've ever heard. That's worse than liking eggs. That's dude, horrible. I that is horrible. Like deviled eggs, and I hate old age movies. How do you not like those? Dude, it's literally so like. I love like vintage shit like that. Like I love vintage clothing, vintage like. like I like vintage clothing. Vintage aesthetic. I love all that. I like vintage aesthetic, but I don't like those movies. I hate those movies. See, I kind of, I understand what you're saying. Is it because like they, like graphically they're not the best because they're so old or just like the, like the time frame and like what The time frame, how they speak, like actually upsets me. (laughs) I don't know why. It like genuinely kind of upsets me. Like Peaky Blinders, man, my dad loves it and he keeps trying to get me to watch it. So I've tried like five times. But I watch it, and then I just, like, start to be like, why are you talking that way? Like, stop. Like, what fuck. about Stranger Things? Don't like it. Dude, are you for real? <laughs> I don't like Stranger Things, bro. You're going to get shit in the comments bad. 
I all, did. Those are my, so, I, that show's so good. Those are my unpopular opinions. Golden what about Fear Street? Stuff? You ever see Fear Street on Netflix? No. Dude, Fear Street. If anyone is listening, you have to watch Fear Street. It's three different movies, and it's horror. Oh, my God. They're so, they just came out like last month. Oh, my God. I got to so watch good. it then. Fear Street. No, you wouldn't like, like it. It's like movies, years ago. One's in the 1600s. You won't Ooh. like it. It's so good, though, honestly. Oh, one more thing. You ever see, do you see the advertisements for that movie? It's like old or something. Yeah, with the. Dude, I went and saw it. Oh, my God. Is it good? All right. It's really, really weird. If you like weird shit, you'll love it. And I like weird shit, so I loved it. But I went with three other people, and two of them hated it. It's so. Like, it's. M. Night Shyamalan is the director. Yeah. He makes weird shit, and I fucking loved it. But. That's awesome. I'm going to have to go check it out. You have to go see it. All right, guys. Thank you for uh, for tuning in. That was our episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. And uh, just for anyone who's sticking around, we have an absolutely amazing top-notch guest possibly in the works for one of these weeks. We're not going to talk about it much, but uh, yeah. keep your eye out. We'll probably be announcing it on Twitter. Yep. Thanks, guys, for tuning in. We'll uh, talk to you next week. Yep. Yeah.